You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Amen. I brought my own water from Israel. Amen. But it's almost out, so if I can get another one, please. Lake Mead. <laughs> you know, I was sitting in the back, and you know the devil comes to church, right? Some of you brought him with you, so you know. <laughs> Amen. But a scripture hit mind, and I always used to think this on Wednesday night services or Sunday nights. When I grew up in ministry, you had to go up on Sunday nights too to, to church. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the people that come on Wednesday nights are the ones that really hunger and thirst for righteousness. But the key to that scripture is blessed. For God to bless something in your life, something supernatural has to take place. That's the word blessed. That's what blessed means. Something supernatural is going to happen in your life because you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you get that? Somebody has to say amen. Somebody has to agree with me because I know that the devil didn't give me that scripture. Amen? And then I want to say this before we stand and read our word, amen. When Pastor R was speaking Sunday after service, I went and talked to him and I shared with him, I said, you know, you spoke half of my message. Right? I tell, no. I told him, you spoke half of my message. And he tells me, that's good. It's confirmation. Now, Pastor Art and I know that. We know that it's confirmation. But what bothers me or what gets to me sometimes that I don't want the devil to step in is that a lot of people in the church don't know that. See, when I was young in the Lord, I used to say, they're only preaching that because the pastor preached that. He wants to be like the pastor. How many know sometimes we can think like that? As I sit here and I give you some scripture tonight, and I start talking about the Pentecostal church or being baptized with the Holy Spirit, a lot of times the devil wants to sit right there by you and just start saying, you know what, he's just speaking what the pastor said on Sunday. And how many know that that's not true? At least you think it's not true, Amen. I really did steal half of his message. I'm just trying not to. Amen. Let's stand, amen, for the reading of the word. Amen. I'm just as hungry as you are, amen? And I had a great day. If you got your Bibles, open them to the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't know if they could put this up on the screen, if you can or can't. I read out of the NIV. It's John chapter 1, verse 19 through 23. 
and I forgot about my glasses. My battery went dead on the way to church, so I had to jump in another car. Are we all there? The Bible says this. Him, who he was. He did to confess, but confess freely. I am not the Christ. Who are you? Are you Elisha? He said, no, I'm not. Are you the prophet? Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the desert. Make straight way for the path for the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that me, your voice, your messenger, your speaker, help me to invade this serious And we all say, Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have your seats. Amen. I, uh, I read my Bible just for fun. Amen. I love reading the Word of God. I mean, I love reading the Word of God. It's real. Whatever you're going through, it'll just show up right in the Word of God, right? It'll just, just show up there, and it'll help you out. And you can just open up any book. Amen? But when I ran across this scripture, and it said, who are you? It reminded me what I always tell my wife. Amen? When she would say something off the wall, or she would call me and ask for something crazy or stupid over the phone when I'm at work, Right? Can I do this? Can I go to California? I'm like, who are you? I mean, you don't want to be with me? All you want this? And it's like, who are you? And that's what I take from John the Baptist when they saw him. He was just powerful. He was effective. You see, John the Baptist, if you look right there, when John quoted them, he says, I am a voice. He, the Bible says that he quoted Isaiah, the, Isaiah I was going to say the Thomas book of Isaiah. And I can see John the Baptist when he was a kid. If you look in the book of Luke chapter 1, you will see the story about John the Baptist, the other account. The Bible says that he was born with the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. In other words, he was born. The baby even kicked in his mother's womb. If you look at the movie, they show the movie when he is born, he comes out, or the mom's speaking in tongues when she's giving birth to him. Now, I don't know if that really happened, but that's what the movie shows. But nevertheless, he was born with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk to us tonight about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how important, how important it is to have in your life. Because when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it has to be evident in your life. We could all have the Holy Spirit, but with the baptism of speaking in tongues, that means you've been birthed with fire. And somebody say amen. John the Baptist was birthed with this fire. In order to receive the rhema, how many know what a rhema word is? A rhema word is when you get a rhema word, it's going to be like, that's me. That's what God's going to do in my life. And God bursts it in your heart. In other words, when somebody gets a rhema word, it becomes their identity. Like, for instance, me. I was given a rhema word, okay, a long time ago. I'll share with you in a minute. But John the Baptist had a rhema word. When, some, when somebody went up to him, one of his teachers, and showed him the book of Isaiah, and said, you are going to be a voice of one calling in the desert. He took heed to that. 
that was him. That's who he was. That's who he became. Everything he lived for, everything he studied for, was for his sole purpose was to be a voice of God. His whole purpose was to be the voice of God. And without that Holy Spirit baptism, I find it hard to believe that anybody can receive a scripture and it become them. Can somebody say amen? See, a lot of people, they just, take, they just get scriptures and they like them, right? And that's great and that's good. You can stand on them. But there's going to come a time when God wants to give you a scripture where it's just going to become you. It's going to be for you, your ministry, your calling, your purpose. And you're going to be able to receive all the promises of God when you fulfill it. This is how God moves. This is what I want to talk about tonight. This is how God works in our lives. He doesn't work any other way because if it does, the Bible wouldn't say, it would say so that he does. This is how God moves. you got to have a word of God burning in your heart, burst in your heart. It consumes you. It, 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 it drives you. As a matter of fact, you won't even be scared of anybody. Like the apostle. Go with me to John. Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse, I believe it's 12. Well, I'm sorry, it's 2. I just put an extra 1 on my notes. I couldn't get my iPad to open. It asked for my code and it said it's been shut down too long, and I forgot my code, num- my, code, my code name or whatever. Password, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, man, you're talking about going through changes? Anyways, so that was back to the pen and paper. In my former book, Theopolis and I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. I want you to look at this part right here. Until that day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions. Look at that word, instructions, through the Holy Spirit. The word I want to key on tonight is instructions. See, I don't want to phrase this. I've never heard the voice of God. I have never heard the audible voice of God in my life. I know more people who heard from God his voice than me. And I ain't never heard, and I ain't taking it away from them. I ain't taking it away from the preachers or the pastors and the teachers that teach. This is what God told me. This is what God said. But I have never heard the voice of God in my life. And it's not to say that I'm not going to either. I can still hear the voice of God. But the way I've served God was through instructions. Through instructions, through the Holy Spirit. That's how I learned. That's how I grew. I came to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. No one prayed for me. I've seen pastors pray for people, and the people go out, and they get baptized. They start speaking in tongues. That never happened to me. I was just one day praying on my knees. I, was, I came up in the, the first... Four years of my, the first eight years of my walk with God, four of them were in a men's home. In the first six months, I was praying. And it just started coming out. 
That's how I learned to speak in tongues. Like Pastor was talking about on Sunday. You got to pray. If you don't pray, ain't nothing really going to happen or take place in your life. And I know a lot of don't pray. A lot of them have this mentality of, uh, well, I think about God all the time. I meditate on God all the time. God knows my heart. When I drive to work, I pray. When I take a shower, I pray. In other words, I have, I give God my extra time, not my full time, not my personal time. Nothing will ever happen in the church, in the Pentecostal church of God, until a person prays. You got to have your own place in your heart. That's called the upper room, not in the upper head. Because that's where everybody thinks that God is, when God's really in here. Because you're never going to get any, any instructions from God. I promise you, you won't. See, the day the Pentecostal church was born, God gave every person who received the Holy Spirit himself with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In the beginning of this church, there were no Mormons. There was no denomination. There was no Lutherans, no Baptists. There was just the people, spirit-filled God. See, this place right here we call church today is the place where we come and get discipled in the things of God. John the Baptist came onto the scene dressed crazy with camel's hair, whatever they call it, a camel suit, long hair, eating locusts. But people were concerned with who he was by what he said and not how he looked. That's the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. People are going to be more concerned by what you say than by how you look. That's when people are going to begin to say, who are you? I need to know who you are. It doesn't matter the background we came from. It doesn't matter if you're a gang member, a drug addict, a prostitute. It doesn't matter where you came from. Even if you're a goody two-shoes, you can go to the gang member. And somebody will say, who are you? I need to know because what you're saying is you're preparing for Jesus to come into their heart. But you got to have that authority. you got to have that power on the inside of you. Because if you don't have that authority and you don't have that power, you're just speaking words. That ain't going to do nothing in their life. Can I hear somebody say amen? Now me, my personal testimony, God gave me a scripture. The man of God gave me a scripture, and when he gave it to me, I'm like, that is me. I don't know why, but it was me. It was Jeremiah 1.5. Before I knew you, I formed you. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And I called you to be a prophet unto the nations. Now, I'm not going to be a prophet that's going to go to Iran. or that, That's not what he's talking about. A prophet is a voice. A prophet is a messenger. A prophet is somebody who comes up here and speaks. A prophet is a person who talks to you about God. Now, did God use me in those areas? Yeah. One time... I was in the church. It was even before I became a minister. A guy came up to me, and he says, hey, Brother Ray, God told me. In other words, he's giving me instructions. 
He said, God told me to tell you to pray for me. He said, I'm deaf in one ear. I'm like, can you hear me now? No. He says, I'm deaf in one ear. So I said, all right. So I prayed for him. And I prayed that God would open up his ear. All right, so we left church. Came back at night service. Back then, there was Sunday morning and Sunday nights. Churches don't do that no more. There's too much Christians are just overflowing with the love of God that they don't have to come back anymore. <laughs> he comes back at nighttime, and I see him, and I forget all about it. I forgot all about it. I went home, I took a nap. When you work all week, and then you got service, and you're a leader in the church, there ain't no rest for the righteous. And he came up to me, and he says, Brother Ray, God healed my ear. I'm like, wow, yeah? But I didn't feel this power. I didn't feel this uh, authority. It was the whole the Holy Spirit. I just felt like a regular person. I just felt like Brother Ray. I didn't feel nothing. It wasn't nothing special. You want to know why? Because the Bible says God gets all the glory. So I cannot say and walk around all kikiriki. You know what kikiriki is? You know the rooster kikiriki? Right, right, right. So I couldn't walk around and do that. And I thank God for that because it would have destroyed me. This is the reason why you got to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because when God does something in your life and you don't recognize it's God, it's going to destroy you. It's important that you get baptized. With, it's important that you get on your knees and pray until this happens. Another time, I was at this youth convention. And then the pastor says, I want all the local pastors to come on up here. Okay, I was a local pastor. I went up there. I want you to pray for these youth. So I prayed for this girl. Mind you, she was this high, and that's without the pulpit. I mean, the step, the pulpit, whatever this is, yeah, about that high. Little tiny girl. A couple years later, I don't know what's going on. I come in, I'm at this regional event. There's like 10 churches inside the building. And she's testifying. I'm listening to her. She says, yeah, Pastor Ray prayed for me, and he prophesied that I was going to go to another nation and do a work for God. She had just got back from Africa. I didn't even remember. God is my witness. I don't, I'm like, there, people are like, you did come here. I don't know. I don't even remember telling her that. Another guy, guy was, we were at the mountaintop for all the men. And same thing, I had the pastors go up there and pray for the guys. So I prayed for them. Apparently I prophesied on them. That God was going to send him to the mission training center so he can go into another nation. So I go to the training center, me and my wife, to go over there because they were doing some remodeling and we helped pay for it. So they wanted us to see what we paid for. Like, just send me a picture, you know what I mean? Why do I got to drive away out here? Anyways, he, I see this guy, I see this guy looking at me, right? And I'm like, and finally he goes, you don't remember me, do you? I'm like, yeah, bro. No. Now, you look familiar. Right? Ain't that what we tell everybody? I, I know I saw you somewhere before. And I said, yeah, you look familiar. And he goes, at the mountaintop. He said, you prophesied that I would be here. 
and now I see you here. I didn't remember. See, but God gets all the glory. This is what keeps you strong and safe. When God does something in your life, now you feel like you're doing something. Now you feel like God can use you. Now you know God knows you. He can trust you. He can count on you to do something for you. How many here want to do something for God? Or do you want to just come on church and let Pastor Art feed you like a little bird? Huh? If he's going to rebuke me, I hope he does it after church. <laughs> like a little bird. You need some, right? But how many want to do something for God? I mean, how many men and women say, you know what? This is just where I'm getting trained. I'm out of here. I'm out of here in three years. I'm out of here in four years. God willing. And then some of you, you're going to be called to back up your pastor and make this a great church. But how do you know that? How do you know that? You know, some people, they don't like to express what God told them or what they believe God told them for fear that they're going to have to be accountable to it. Right? When I was in the men's home, I knew it. It was dropped in my spirit that I was going to be in the city one day. And I told them the city. And everybody would tease me. They didn't tease me anymore, amen. Let me see if this could help us out. Paul the Apostle, we all know this scripture, at least you should, amen. You, if you don't read, at least you heard it preached. Can I hear you say amen? Paul the Apostle said, I walk by faith and not by sight. You know what that means? Say what? Look at me and say, who are you? I didn't even know this about you. <laughs> Paul the Apostle said, I walk by faith and not by sight. You know what that means? That means that Paul the Apostle used to sit inside of a temple, inside of a church, inside of a, the place of the house of God. He used to sit there and listen to other people talk to him about God, talk to him about the things of God and what God did in their life. He used to listen to men with tested faith. And then he used to sit there and get up and say, that's how I'm going to walk in life. And that's what we need to do when we sit here, when the pastor or the teachers or the ministers or the leadership speak. That's what I'm going to do. God just dropped something in my spirit. That man, that woman just spoke to me. And you're sitting there, it's in your spirit. And you say, you know what? I know what I'm going. Oh, you're going to feel so strong that you're going to want to open up a Sunday night service. Because that's how powerful God is in our lives. I looked at the clock, amen? I don't have my glasses. Can I be honest with you? I'm cross-sided. You think I'm lying. Huh? Can you see me, Pastor Marie, from there? Look at my eye. That's why I'm always going like this. It's not because I'm trying to be mean and all chingon, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm holding my eye together straight. <laughs> if I don't, I'll walk around like this. And I am serious. If you want to see me after church my cross at it, I'll give you a dollar for each one. <laughs> oh, no, you give me a dollar. I took it wrong. You guys didn't know I was cross-sided, huh? Now you do. 
Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? <laughs> they asked him if he was Elisha. Because actually he was Elisha to come. Okay, But they asked him if he was Elisha because the Jews, when they eat, they still leave a chair there sitting by itself to this day because they're still expecting Elisha to come back. And that's why they wanted to know if he was Elisha. See, Elisha was the one who did miracles in the Old Testament. And they wanted to know if it was him. John the Baptist was so on fire, he was, had so much authority in him that he called people a bunch of vipers, a bunch of snakes. You bunch of snakes, what did you come here to listen to? What did you come here to hear? Why did you even come to church? You bunch of snakes. Hey, man, if I said that, that would be the last time I had a mic in my hand. <laughs> but you got to say it in the right context. You can say anything you want over the pulpit as long as it's from the right context from God. Amen? Did I start at 8? 10 till? Pastor Maria's mom said, don't take too long. I don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> Okay, I got, well, all right, that's okay. If I don't finish, I don't finish it, that's right. I wanted to understand three things tonight. That was just my introduction. <laughs> I messed up, huh? All right. I can get long-winded, amen, but I won't. You can be a student of three things. If you have your pen and paper, see, it's important to take notes. Because the mind forgets. Be a student of three things. God, Satan, and yourself. God, Satan, and yourself. Because those are the only three voices you're going to hear. Those are the only three voices that are really relevant in the world today. Everything else comes underneath those three voices. Everything comes underneath either the voice of God the voice of Satan, are you. The Bible says, for God, so, or for God knows the thoughts and the plans that he has for you. Plans to prosper you and plans to give you a future and a hope. Somebody say amen. amen. You would give this scripture to anybody that was hurting. And it would, they would say, man, I know that's God talking. I know that's God speaking because you couldn't do that. You couldn't say that for me and promise it. So they would know it was God. And that is the voice of God. Then you got the, the, the plans of the devil. The devil's ways are to steal, kill, and to destroy. If you want to administer to somebody and say, this is what the devil is doing in your life, he's stealing things from you, he's killing things in your life, and he's destroying everything. That's the second voice. The third voice is, you are right in the middle of both of them. The Bible says that God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Even though God knew you before you were in your mother's womb, you had a relationship with the devil before you were even born again. So God knew you before you were born. And you knew Satan before you were even born again. 
These are the voices that are going on today. This is why it's so, so important to know whose instructions you are receiving. It's very important. In the beginning, in the beginning, it was, God created the heavens and the earth. It was just God. Then on the seventh day, he created man. Then he created woman. It was just God, Adam, and Eve. It was no Satan. Satan only came into the picture is when God gave Adam and Eve instructions. That's when Satan, and you want to know when Satan comes into the picture in our life is when God gives us instructions, then he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's why it's so important when you see new people come up here, you grab a hold of them right before they leave church because Satan, like the Bible says in the parable of the sower, once that seed is sown, Satan comes and snatches it out of the ground. That's why sometimes we don't see him back on Sunday, no matter how powerful the message was. That was a good message, Pastor Spoke Sunday. And I bet you Satan snatched it right out of somebody's heart when they left. And the only way he was going to snatch it is they didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them. They didn't have that strength to keep it, that good soil, where it was going to produce a crop 30, 40, 60, and 100 fold. See, like Eve, it's easier to talk yourself out of than what God told you. Her first mistake was talking to Satan. And she talked herself right out of the word of God. And that happens so many times to Christians. I know what they said, but. I know what they meant, but. I know what's going on in my life, but who are you? I thought you just came from church. Who are you, babe? Right? You ever seen the devil's advocate? And he looks at his wife like, yeah. I'm not saying that about my wife. I mean, she don't look like no devil to me, amen? But, you know, some people do. Huh? <laughs> you better know your weaknesses. Because Satan does. Satan knew who to talk to in the garden. And when Satan wants to snatch something from your heart, he knows who to talk to, if not you. He knows somebody who's going to help you say, yeah, I don't need to go to church today. He knows somebody that he knows that I don't have to pray today. He knows somebody in your life just like, listen to me, if somebody in your life ain't helping to mold you, shape you, change you for the better, then you need to just dismiss them. Man, I had one of my closest cousins call me after about eight years in the home. Well, four years, but eight, it was like, Ish. I felt like I graduated Vietnam. <laughs> and he starts talking all crazy on the phone and dirty. I'm like, dude, dude, don't do that, man. I didn't say dude, you know what I mean? Because I don't say dude. Don't do that. And he kept doing it. I said, you do that one more time, I'm going to hang up on you. And he did it one more time, and I hung up on him. Never talked to him again. You know what he said? He didn't say, who are you? He said, what kind of Christian are you? The one that hangs up on you when you talk to me like that. That's the kind of Christian I am. 
Jesus says, who are my mothers, my brothers, and my sisters? You know where they were? They were outside the building. And they couldn't get in because it was crowded. And one of the disciples told him. So who is my mother, my brother, my sister? I'm going to tell you who they are. They're the ones who do the will of the Lord. And then when his mother at the cross, oh, she started doing the will of God. See, Jesus' brothers and mother, they didn't even trust him in the beginning. Amen? They were like, who are you? See, everybody goes through it. Everybody. You know what I like about the book of Acts? When the Bible says that pastor spoke on it, that there was a sound like a wind. Right? That's a small wind. In the garden, you guys finally got it. In the book of Acts, it talks about that sound. In the Bible, when Adam and Eve were walking and there was a sound of the Lord, that's the exact same word. When Adam and Eve were walking, they heard the sound of God. And what happened was they were afraid, right? So they hid because of sin, right? So they made fig leaves, right? But God, listen, those fig leaves weren't cutting it. I'm going to tell you why. Because God made garments for them. You know why God made garments for them? So God didn't have to look at their sin. You know why Jesus died on the cross for you? So God don't have to look at your sin. See, your issue with God, God's issue with you is not sin. God's issue with us is doing his will. His issue with you is not sin. This sin is covered. God don't even see it. Your issue with sin is with you. That's not with God. God died. Jesus dies for it. See, I got news for you. You're not going to go to hell because of your sin. Yeah, you're not. Christ died for it. He died for the sins of the world. You're going to go to hell for what you believe. And what you believe is what you live by. I don't mean to blow some of your pastor friends out of the water, but that's the fact. Amen? I'm going to skip here because I don't want nobody going to sleep. If you ever backslide, if you ever listen to Satan long enough, and you backslide, I promise you, you will be desiring one day to be lifting your hands and being back here again. So just cut the long route out in your life. Because you will. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin, but it is only for a season. Right after Christmas, it's over and New Year's. Huh? Then you come back to church. You know, some people only come to church on, on Easter and uh, Christmas, right? And the pastor asked the guy one time, I thought you were a soldier for God. He says, I am. He says, why do you only come to church on Christmas and Easter? He says, that's because I'm, I'm an undercover soldier. <laughs> come Christmas, we're going to find out how many undercover brothers we got here. Okay. Okay, if you could put this one on the board, 2 Peter 1 through 3. I'm going to teach you or show you how to never 
ever backslide. Did you know what's in the Bible? Peter. Starts with a P. God, I need to tell myself that. Look at this. Where is it? Did you put it up there? No, Second Peter. Yeah, it's after. It's in between Genesis and Revelations. That I know. Here, a servant and apostle who sold through the righteousness of our God and Savior Christ received a faith as precious as ours. Okay, keep going. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. Through the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus our Lord. His divine. Look at that word divine. His divine power. That's the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. In fact, I would go as far as to tell you that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because if you read Acts, there was a divine power that happened that day. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory. Oh, 3.3.11. I told you I need my glasses. Okay. 3.3.11. Verse 4. Four very great precious promises that they participate in the divine nature. desires. For this reason, here it is. This is how you don't fall away. This is how you don't backslide. And this is only if you have his divine power you can do this. Add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge godliness and brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, if you're going to continue to grow in them, not just do it once, but grow in it. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you, anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted, blind, and forgotten that he has been cleansed of his past sins. Your sins are not an issue with God. They're an issue with you. So a lot of people don't want to serve God because of sin. Every day you get up, you ain't got no sin. That's already gone. So there should be no reason why no one should not want to serve God or can't serve God. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. Okay, I'm going to be done with this. Say be done with this. If Eve would have spoke the truth, Satan would have had to leave her alone. When Satan came and tempted Jesus, Jesus spoke the truth to him, the word of God, and he had to leave Jesus alone. So when Satan attacks, all you, see, sit, when you get attacked by Satan or when he's tempting you, that is not a sin. All you need to do is be truthful and honest about it, and he will leave. <laughs> One time when I was preaching, I had a mini stroke. I had a mini stroke. I was preaching it, I went, uh, I felt like something went up my back and grabbed me by the back of my neck and pulled me down. And I felt like it was Satan. I felt like it was a big old demonic attack in my life, big time. When I was a kid, all I ever did was stutter. My parents used to say, slow down, slow down when you talk. They used to slap me in the head, Pah. slow down, slow down. When I first got called to the ministry, 
would always sit there and have a fear I'm going to stutter. Every time I go and preach, every time I go do offering, it hits me every single time. Even tonight, it hits me every time. You're going to have a stroke again. You're going to stutter. Right? Moses had this problem, right? Moses, the Bible says in the count of Book of Acts, when Stephen is preaching to the Sanhedrin, Moses is, they said Moses thought he was helping his brothers out in the beginning. And they, they, Moses thought that they would think he was God helping them out. He was totally wrong. Went in the desert for 40 years. It wasn't until he ran into a burning bush, fire of God, baptism, that he went back into Egypt. And then they knew, who are you? He was the one sent from God. So he did it before and I believe with all my heart he didn't have the spirit of God in him when he did it because it said that they, the people thought. He thought the people would think rather God was using him. Three quick things and I'm done. Where are they at? There they are. There's three kinds of listeners here tonight. There's the dull of hearing. In Hebrews 5, 11 through 14, the Bible says you should be teachers by now. Every church goes through this. There's people in the church that, man, you should be teaching by now, and you're not. Why? Because your hearing is dull. They don't hear the sound of God. Here's the story of a girl. She went up to the pastor before church. She said, Pastor, I'm leaving the church after service today. <sighs> pastor said, why? He says, because I'm tired of these hypocrites. She goes, well, what do you mean? The pastor says, well, what do you mean? She says, I sit there in the pews, and everybody's on their Facebook, their Instagram, their texting, while you're preaching the word of God. Pastor says, before you leave, do me one favor. She says, what? She goes, he says, I want you to get a glass of water. And I want you to fill it up. And I want you to walk around the church three times. She walks around the church three times. After service, Pastor asks her, you didn't see the glass of water. Pastor, that thing looks full. You didn't spill any of it. He said, that's because I had to focus on the glass of water when I was walking around the church. Pastor, that's how you want you to focus on me when I speak. People, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, texting somebody, how's everything going at home? Is dinner ready? Anyways. Number two, there's itchy ears. The worship team can come up here if they want to. They don't even want to. Itchy ears. The book of Timothy talks about people only listen to, to what pleases them. Can I hear somebody say, Why? Because there's no growth in that. The people who have itchy ears are people that do not grow. They only listen to what they want to listen to, and they're only going to do what they want to do. 